I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. This is the show where I speak to fellow actors every week and we talk about their journey and the things they've worked on and they share good audition stories. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're sad, and well, sometimes they're just a crazy roller coaster of emotions. I hope everyone had a fantastic Halloween. Um, I gotta say, I was a little sad because we only had like 10 trick-or-treaters over at the house and um, I was fully prepared for more, although I was extremely exhausted from the party I went to the night before. I didn't even drink alcohol at the party. I was just incredibly tired um, from social interaction with people. Anyway, uh, so I didn't dress up in my fancy costume on Halloween. Instead, I put my Snuggie on and got a piece of twine and put my hair in a braid and decided that I was either from Dune or Star Wars. It could be whatever it is that you think it is. Um, but then, you know, we we only got 10 trick-or-treaters, so I guess it didn't really matter in the long run. It was nice, though. I mean, I watched uh, horror movies, and my niece and I made Halloween cookies, which was really just my <laughs> cinnamon sugar cookie recipe with a little pumpkin spice extract and cute cookie cutters. I, I love cookies, but I am so much better at making cake than I am cookies. Uh, but it was good. So I hope you all had a fantastic Halloween. I'm actually going on a small little mini vacation with my sister this week, uh, which is going to be fun. It's like the first sister trip we've ever taken. So um, I'm super stoked about that. 
But hey, let's get to the show, what you guys tune in for every week. Today we have Elena Sanchez. You know her best from The Hunger Games, Catching Fire. She's been in a thousand other things. You've seen her face basically everywhere. We're going to talk about her new film, Demigod, and uh, she's going to share a really funny um, audition story. So here is my conversation with Elena Sanchez. And welcome to the show, Miss Elena Sanchez. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. How are you on this fine day? How's Atlanta? It's pretty good. Pretty good. How's the weather out there? Because, you know, we're recording in mid-October. It's still like, you know, 90 degrees in Los Angeles. So what's it like to live in a city that actually has seasons? Well, it's it's cooling down now, which is nice. And I love fall. And yeah, anytime I'm here compared to LA, I mean, I love being in LA, obviously, because of the weather. But it is nice to have the seasons and you know, drink the pumpkin lattes and wear the scarves and all that. So I like being out here for those seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I usually like to try to go to the East Coast during the fall, fall months so that I can see all of the leaves changing and actually feel like I'm getting a little bit of a, a fall experience. Yes. You just don't yes. get it out here. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, before we got on here, I was looking at your extensive resume of so many incredible things that you have been a part of, Um, and there's a lot to go over with you because, I mean, you've just, you've done it all. You've worked for some of the biggest companies in this industry, which is, it's incredible. Um, But I want to, I want to go back to what made you want to become an entertainer, where you also one of those children that popped out of the womb and said, see me, or was it something that you discovered more in your teens or how did you get there? So it was something I actually didn't discover until later in life when I was in college. Growing up, I actually, for the longest time I wanted to be a vet. Then I did like a little internship at the animal hospital and realized that I love animals too much and cannot stand seeing them like that. Uh, So that didn't work out. And then I decided to go to college for hotel management because my, I grew up like very internationally and I speak three languages and it just kind of seemed like the thing that fit for someone who likes to travel. And then I was just miserable in college. I mean, it was, it was interesting to study, but I just didn't see myself working at a hotel for my the rest of my life or, you know, at some other kind of venue. And, and ultimately, I realized, you know, just because I love to travel, that might also not be the best career path for me. So, right. And in college, we had to take electives that were outside of our major. So, I mean, I guess I always kind of had this idea or notion that acting would be really fun to to do or to try and in in high school we had to take like you know a three-month we circled between like different arts and one of them was a three-month drama course and that was really the only acting class I had ever taken and in college I was like well this is my opportunity to you know take a class for a semester kind of get it out of my system and (laughs) I just fell in love with it and went from being completely miserable to thinking, well, what would make me not miserable if, you know, money and failure and nothing was really an issue, what would I want to do? And 
I decided to be an actress. Yeah, it was right in front of me. Wow. And then, I mean, I read that you went to RADA as well, which is such an accomplishment and and so cool and definitely something that I've always thought about maybe doing at some point in my life. Um, Did that coincide with college or did you do that after college? No, that was after. So after... After I graduated from college, I moved to New York City, and then I first actually went to the Lee Strasberg Institute in New York, Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until, I think, three years later, so that I went to RADA, and I did their their summer course, and it was kind of one of those things where I felt like I wanted to get back into the classroom for a little bit. I felt like I was getting a little pigeonholed and I just I just wanted to explore that again and try to go to a really good school to do that and you know spend a summer in London who wouldn't want to do that and that's when I went to RADA then a couple years later. I mean it it makes sense that it's it's always good to have uh, constant training in life right because it's a muscle it needs to be worked we need to constantly be bettering ourselves and right especially going to different countries and learning different styles and uh, you know teachers that you can't see here in any yeah. form that's really interesting is you know going to that other country and saying oh I want to study with these people for a bit because they might have something completely different to offer me exactly exactly and I and I've never been one to say like oh this is I'm going to study one method and that's going to be my method and that's how I'm going to do it I mean I've always been very interested in like you said learning from from different people and and different techniques and then just kind of mixing everything together and picking and choosing what works best for me and I guess creating my own thing out of that. And I think that's, that's how some of the best actors do it too, right? It's like, it's being able to learn and have that knowledge, but then be able to adapt it into a way that really helps you create something that you're super proud of. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm the same way. Like I, I love Meisner. I love Strasbourg. I love it all. Right. But it's, it's how you adapt it so that you can feel like you're doing your best work. Exactly, exactly. And what works for one person might not work for another person. So, yeah, I think it's about finding what, what works for you. So tell me about you. Your first big, big role was in The Hunger Games. Is that correct? Yes. What was that like, one? Because what a wild set to be a part of. And how did that come about for you? When Were you still in New York? Were you in Atlanta? When did that sort of happen in your career? So it happened. I actually got the initial call for that during my graduation dinner from RADA. Wow. I, was, I was in London and I remember seeing a, a phone, my phone ringing and I didn't want to pick up because I like roaming was so expensive and I didn't know I knew it was an LA number but you know being cheap I was like oh let it go to voicemail see what it is and then of course I heard the voicemail and immediately called back um and that's when I found out I was being considered and uh what was it like then being there to be honest for the first two or three weeks I thought it was a mistake and that I was going to get fired and that they were going to, you know, pick someone else. And, and the problem was for the first 
I think it was like the first two weeks I wasn't on camera yet. So every day I'm going in, I'm like, oh, I have to like, I have to get on camera because then I can't get fired anymore because then I've been established, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was definitely overwhelming coming into that and knowing, cause at the time, you know, the, the first movie, had, the first Hunger Games had already come out. So we mm-hmm. knew that this was like the biggest movie of the year. It was the biggest set to be on at that moment. And I was just shaking in my boots, like trying not to do anything wrong, trying to be cool, trying to do my job. And then I think after a couple of weeks and then after the first time I was finally on camera, I was like, okay, I can't fire me anymore. I'm in. I can leave. It's good. And then I started to enjoy it a little bit more. And it was just, I mean, it was the most amazing experience ever. I made so many good friends and just, being around that caliber of talent and just every day watching and learning and the sets were amazing and the costumes were amazing. And yeah, it was, it was so cool to be a part of. I'm sure. I mean, I can't even imagine those types of sets are so interesting to me because they are so involved and so massive that you can't help but feel like you are in a different world because it's so, so insanely crazy. I mean, just, the costumes, the makeup, the sets, everything about it is so magical that, I mean, I imagine being a part of something like Hunger Games, it feels almost like you are in this weird mystical dream. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Uh, Yeah. And it's, you know, right. It's not every day that you, you get an opportunity like that. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, I mean, even, a lot of times there was green screen stuff, but mm-hmm. that was also fun to to do too. Because at that point, I don't think I had done that much green screen stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like you know, one of my favorite things to shoot was was the scene with the chariots, where I'm mm. riding in a chariot, being pulled by a horse. Like who, you know, in that moment, I'm just thinking, wow, like this is my job. I'm getting paid for this. You know, it's so crazy to think of. Uh, yeah. I mean, most people have to pay to have that happen to them right. in New York city. Go to, go to the park. And ride in a or pay like, I don't know, a hundred bucks to go around central park once. Yes. Um, that's amazing. And then you went on to do, I mean, you've, you've had such an interesting career because you also do stunts. And I think that is, so amazing i mean stunt actors do not get talked about enough y'all don't get as much press as you deserve um and you've done baby driver get out avengers i mean just about every uh every film that we've all loved over the past 10 years which is incredible how does that i want to know how it compares to being a a speaking actress like lead actress, because you've done that a lot, versus doing stunt acting. How does that compare for you? Like, what is the, do you get more fulfillment out of, you know, being the lead character? Or do you get more fulfillment out of doing the fun stunts? So my favorite is when I get to do both, you know, yeah. when I get to play a role that also has some cool stunt involved that I then get to do myself. So that is just, you know, the cake with the cherry on top for me. Now, of course, that doesn't always happen. So mm-hmm. 
performance wise, I guess it's very similar to me. Like the feeling is very similar, whether I'm doing a stunt or just doing a scene with dialogue. It, it, it all is a performance. Uh, and, and that feels very similar to, so I was a, a gymnast growing up. So I did right. have that kind of performing streak in me. Um, so in a way, this career is kind of like a continuing of that, but it is, the dynamic is very different when you're on set, just as a stunt performer, you're more a part of the crew. Um, whereas when you're an actor, you're a part of the cast. So there, there is a different dynamic to that. Uh, I mean, just speaking to that right there, I've never really understood that dynamic on set. Like why it is that stunt performers are considered more like crew because stunt performers, I mean, union wise are part of SAG. I mean, they, you guys are performers that SAG has, uh, protections over, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that stunt performers do that you wouldn't even know, like aren't the the real character on screen or the the person that you're doubling for. Um, And I've always felt that stunt performers, stunt coordinators and casting directors, I'm going to say it while we're here also deserve to be on the Oscar list because there's so many incredible films out there that we wouldn't have without these performers and crew members. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So, I mean, because there is, you know, especially in the last few years, there has been a big push to get a category at the Oscars. And this year was the first year that there was actually a category for individual stunt performers at the Emmys. So that was Mm -hmm. exciting. And the the SAG Awards have had awards for, for best stunt ensemble for a while now. But I think, I think a large part of that comes from the, the fact that you know, it's part of the movie magic. Like you're not supposed to know that it's not the actor doing it. So for a long time, I think actors didn't even really feel comfortable sharing that. It it was kind of like a secret, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and recently, and a lot of actors are so appreciative and, and do give credit to their stunt doubles, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that the stunt community is is rallying for, and I I think it'll eventually happen as far as the the Oscars category. But yeah, it is it is a it is a very different dynamic. It yeah, it's it's very it it goes into the politics of Hollywood really, and it's it's very bizarre how that all works to me. Like, it just seems like if you're a performer, you're a performer. It doesn't matter. End of story. Right. 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 I mean, that you'd think you'd think that that's what it would be like. But, you know, <laughs> I just go to work and do my job and I'm just happy to, you know, be there. 100%. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your new film, Demigod, which is based in Germany, which is where you were born. Yes. Yes. What? So I was I was born in Germany. I first came to the States when I was very young. I was three years old. But then when I was 12, I moved back to Europe, but to Switzerland. And then I finished middle and high school in Switzerland. And so this 
movie was so exciting for me to do because it was the first time I was really doing an in-depth role of a German character and I got to speak German and then I got to do there are some parts of it for me which were in English so I got to use my German accent for those parts and I was like you know I was always kind of on my bucket list I'm like when can I finally book a role in German hello casting directors I'm German you know but I guess (laughs) because of my name I'm I'm also half Spanish which is where the Sanchez comes from and then I didn't really have any footage of me doing anything in German, so I was really excited to finally get to play a German role that is in a, in a movie that's also set in Germany. So did you guys film in Germany, or did you make somewhere else look like Germany? No, so yeah, we, so we filmed in Mississippi, and wow. we actually filmed at a campground that we also lived in for the entire time we were filming so we were I mean this was in December of last year December 2020 so it was the height of the pandemic and I guess when they were you know looking for locations to film at they were looking specifically at campgrounds so we could be quarantined there together and also film there so all of our locations were at that campground some of them you know were behind the cabin I was sleeping in like I literally (laughs) went out of my cabin and went 20 feet and that's where the set was so it was definitely the shortest commute I've ever had to work oh my gosh that is so fun it was super fun it was like a film camp you know and then at night we like make dinner together and yeah it was really cute it was awesome that is so adorable I love that um that's great. And is the movie out now or is it coming out soon? It just came out this past weekend. So it's in limited theaters in a couple of cities around the country. And then it's on all the places online where you can purchase it. You know, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Prime. And it's also on demand on a bunch of the cable amazing things, sites. I don't know. I don't have cable, so I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> Am I going to get scared? Do I have to, like, have a blanket to be able to cover my eyes? Is it scary? Um, it's not – it's it's creepy. It's There there aren't a lot of, like, jump scares because I can't handle those either. <laughs> there's, there's maybe a, a handful of those. I mean, you might want to have a blanket nearby. Yes. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> well, on this show, we like to share audition stories with the listeners um, that are either, you know, heartbreaking, funny, the one that got away. Uh, do you have any stories or story that you would like to share with with our listeners? Well, so I do have a story and it's kind of it might be a, diff- a little bit different to what your maybe typical audition stories are but I figured it it would be interesting to share anyway I love it I'm buckled in (laughs) so the summer of 2012 a really big song came out called call me maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen and I had this idea in my head I don't know where it came from every once in a while it doesn't happen too often but every once in a while I get these 
weird ideas and I get really obsessed with like doing it and making it happen. So I had this idea where I wanted to make this music video to that song and make it the story of going to an audition. So I took the song and took my iPhone, which at the time was an iPhone four. So it was like barely filming video, you know, like on a potato. And I just kind of made these like little storyboards and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be just my day waking up to go and audition, like waking up, taking a shower, putting on my makeup, walking out the door with my headshots and then walking into an audition room. And I'm going to wear all these different costumes and just pretend I'm doing different auditions while I'm lip syncing to this song. Oh my God. So and you can, so this video is, it's still up. It's on my YouTube channel. You can look at it if you want. Um, I made this video and filmed it entirely on my iPhone, every single shot. And the, the end credits are like, you know, cast, location manager, stunts, costumes, makeup is like all my name because I did everything. <laughs> and that video is what I got the Hunger Games from. So, like, what? Yeah. So, so, and when I got that call in in when I was in London, I guess the some uh the you know director had had seen was shown this video, and that's how I I got into the running. And then there's actually a second part of this audition story, which is probably the worst audition I've ever done, because at that point I got the call and they were like, well, we've seen this video of yours. Um, you know, do you have a reel? And at that point I didn't really, I had like just some student films and stuff on my reel, but then they were like, okay, well, can you put yourself on tape? We want to see how you can move. Like you're going to be one of the tributes, you know, we want to see that you, you're able to fight and stuff. And when I got the call about that, about putting that on tape, I was at my friend's apartment about to go to the airport to fly, I think to see my parents maybe in, in Switzerland. And, and I had no one to tape this with. So I'm sitting in my friend's apartment alone because she was at work and I set up the camera and this is like the worst I'm so embarrassed that this is out there somewhere and I hope it never, ever, ever comes out. It's just me sitting there, you know, introducing myself and then doing like some punches into the air and like reacting to nothing, just trying to show that I can somehow move. And I sent that off and I was like, uh, well, that was the end of that. You know, I'm never, I'm never going to get this. But then sure enough, I, I got the call and it was because of that call me maybe video the director just like loved it I guess or thought it was hilarious and that is what led to you know my first big role wow <laughs> so the lesson here is if you have an idea for a funny sketch do it yes yeah and you know I mean they that's what everyone says and I guess my 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 problem is like I'm not usually that good with the creative side of things like I'm great at when someone tells me what to do and I'm great at like bringing other people's stories to life 
but then, yeah, every once in a while, I come up with this idea, and and I I can't explain it. I had this like strange feeling in my heart and inside of me that like I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, and sure enough, like look what it led to, you know, and, and I, there was something somewhere in the universe telling me that I had to do this. <laughs> I, that's, that's amazing. I love that story so much. You should be telling that story everywhere all the time because it's, you know, I think there's something, there's some weird, you know, university type of something out there that, especially with creatives, like sometimes you get that spark and you're like, oh, wow, I need to do this. And everybody else is like, what are you talking about? And you're like, no, 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 no. I know I have to do this yeah. right now. And, you know, it would have been really easy to say like, oh, you know, I don't have the equipment or I don't have anyone to do it with. Well, I phoned it on my phone and no one helped me with anything and you know, wow. yeah, it's just about like putting yourself out there and you never know which of your crazy ideas might be the one that gets you a phone call. Yeah. So someone did call. Oh, and that was the whole thing. Like, I, you know, instead of call me, maybe I put like a little overlay, which said cast me, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, someone did. Someone called. <laughs> I, I love that so much. Oh, wow. Um, well, it has been a pleasure talking to you. What is next? I saw that you might be uh, starting to produce a little as well. Yes. So, and that, again, is with the whole intent of, you know, creating things. And I'd love to start producing things that I can also be in. And yep. last year during the lockdown... When everything was shut down, I decided to take a producing course at UCLA, which they did over Zoom for the first time ever because they had to and um, kind of got my feet wet with that and realized, okay, you know, this is this is something that could be really helpful and could be a, a new kind of way to embark on a a new journey in this mm-hmm. in this career, which, I mean, I think that's what it's about, you know, always just kind of s- staying one step ahead and thinking, okay, well, like, what can I do? How, what skills can I learn? How can I grow and develop myself? How, how can I make myself more valuable to any production? So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. 100%, especially these days. I mean, you can film a, movie on an iPhone now. I mean, Tangerine, you can do it. So there's no reason why us as creatives, as actors, shouldn't be um, exploring the other side of it Mm -hmm. and saying, well, I've always been able to take on a character. Why can't I take on this? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I have had such a fun time talking to you, and I'm so thankful you came on the show today. Where can people follow you on social media so that they can keep up with all of the awesome stuff you do? <laughs> I am on all social media as the Elena Sanchez, so T-H-E-E-L-E-N-A-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. And that's on, I'm probably most active, I guess, on Instagram, but also Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Clubhouse. Uh, all of it all of it all of it you know (laughs) 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Elena. It was so great talking to you and I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. You too. Thank you again to Elena for coming on the show and talking to me. If you want to support the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to it now and hit that uh, rate and review and, and stars and whatever fancy things are in front of you on the screen. Um, if you can hit those and leave us a comment, that would be cool. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. That really helps us. And uh, check out the really cool IGTVs. Well, I guess Instagram got rid of IGTVs, which can we talk about that for a second? Because like, how weird. They created this like whole thing for, you know, to like rival YouTube. I don't know what they were trying to do. But, you know, they created something and then they just like got rid of it. And they're and they're just saying, here's your videos now. No more IGTV. Anyway, uh, so we post videos <laughs> on our social media every week from these interviews. So uh, tune into that. It'll be up this weekend. And what else? Um, next week, I have Roger Dorman on the show. So tune in then. And I guess just until then, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But Wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to Season 1, we are thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make Season 2 even more memorable together. <laughs>